1: But if you want ad free listening and early access to next week's episode, subscribe to Tenderfoot Plus. For more information, check out tenderfootplus.com. Enjoy the episode. You're listening to The Raven, a production of Tenderfoot TV in association with Odyssey. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals participating in the podcast. This podcast also contains subject matter which may not be suitable for everyone. Listener discretion is advised. Let's try this number. There's an email there too. Hi, is this Kwame?
2: Yes.
1: Hey Kwame, my name is Tim Livingston. I'm a podcaster doing a story on the Atlanta double homicide from 2000. I'm sure this is not the call you're expecting today. Want to see if you had a few minutes to talk? I've spent the last week trying to connect with members of Ray Lewis's group. I haven't had any luck until now. Lewis's high school friend Kwame King picked up my call.
2: That was a horrible event, man, and I'm not really going to get into it. But the one thing I took away from it is that I watched Ray go on trial, man, and and he, he didn't touch anybody, and I was just flabbergasted that something like that could even happen. So disbelief is the only thing I can remember about that incident, man. I just didn't think that the wheels of justice turned like that.
1: Kwame doesn't want to talk and tries to end the call, but I'm able to keep him on for another minute.
2: You know, I guess God intervened and gave him success afterwards. But man, one thing I, I would never tell, um, I don't want to really get into it. But the biggest thing I took away from that is that, man, the people put you on trial knowing that you're innocent, <laughs> And I just, I just wouldn't have believed that until I actually saw it.
1: I appreciate it, Kwame. And just to clarify one last time, you contend that Ray Lewis was not involved in the fight. I think everybody who was close to the fight
2: knows that Ray Lewis wasn't involved in anything, man. He didn't touch anybody, man. He didn't touch anybody. And everybody who was involved in that situation or saw the situation, they knew that he didn't touch anybody, but that didn't keep them from putting him through that. The only thing that I will say is, man, that Ray didn't touch anybody, man, in that altercation. Never was there a moment where he touched anybody.
1: Tenderfoot TV. I'm Tim Livingston, and this is The Raven. Episode 7 My Side of the Story. Now, during this time, did you take
3: part in this incident? Never. You've heard the testimony from Jeff Gwynn? Yes. And he indicated that he saw you holding someone? Never. Is that true? Never. You heard the testimony of Mr. Mm Fossil, and that's your limousine driver. Right. And he testified that he saw you draw your fist back. No. The testimony also was uh, from Evelyn Sparks that she saw you pull someone away. Did that happen? No.
2: That did not happen? No.
1: In 2000, Ray Lewis had to deny that he was part of the fight. Until this day, he's maintained that narrative.
3: My entire career, high school, little league, and pros, I've been in one fight in my life past 13 years old. Saddest thing about this story is that they still don't know who killed those two kids.
1: Lewis's guilt, by definition of Georgia's party to a crime law, was to be determined by whether or not he was involved in the fight that killed Richard Lawler and Jason Baker, but was sending Lewis to jail for life an appropriate punishment?
3: The only fault that I had throughout that whole ordeal is that I was not man enough or mature enough to tell people that I was hanging out with, me and you ain't on the same ride. That's the only thing I've ever been guilty of.
1: Lewis told Dan Patrick that he partied with a group of friends, acquaintances, and strangers on January 31st, 2000, and that his biggest takeaway from Atlanta was that he needed to choose better friends. We've been trying to connect with everyone in the limo that night, especially Carlos Stafford.
3: Had you met Carlos before? No. Was there anyone else with Carlos? Uh, I think, um Gino and Claudius, some guys like that, but I never seen them that night, really.
1: Had you met them before? No. Prosecutors never charge Carlos Stafford with a crime. It's unclear how many meetings they had with him or if Stafford ever told them anything of value. We have yet to connect with Stafford, but we want to, because according to Lewis's testimony, Stafford was party to the crime.
3: And Carlos was running up from the direction of the limo. And as he got up to the limo, you know, Oakley was hitting him across the chest like this, and uh, Carlos was kicking him. Carlos was
1: kicking him? Yeah. When we started, there was very little public information about this case. We started from scratch. We've yet to meaningfully connect with any of Lewis's group, but I feel like I have a pretty good idea of what happened the morning after Super Bowl 34. As they were leaving the Cobalt Lounge, Lewis held back a belligerent Reginald Oakley and apologized for Oakley's behavior. The linebacker did not want to fight that night, but at least one, likely two guys in his group, did. They were angry, they bought knives, and somewhere in the back of their minds, they knew if they saw the guys from Ohio again, they might use them. And those two guys walked free. Reginald Oakley painted the picture that he was wealthy and successful to get in with Ray Lewis. But in reality, I don't think that Oakley had much money. And I think seeing Jeff Gwen's friends draped in expensive coats and chains triggered something inside of him.
4: Actually, I haven't been back to this area since that incident happened. This is the first time Reginald Oakley has talked on camera about that night. Oakley has written a book, which we find he's eager to sell.
2: From my point of view, I think, you know, it was self-defense.
1: Oakley disappeared from social media in 2018, and his lawyer, Bruce Harvey, told me that Oakley passed away. We've tried countless numbers and haven't been able to reach him. But Oakley did talk about the murders publicly once, back in 2013, when he said this on Anderson Cooper 360.
2: If you end up with stab wounds, what what does that mean, somebody stabbed you? Right. But you're saying you weren't the one that stabbed him? Correct. So who could have stabbed him? You have to read the book and find out if I know or not. Are you saying something you know who did it? You have to read the book and find out. There are a lot of people who think you get, you got away with murder, basically. Well, that's why I wrote the book, to clarify all that. You know, everyone watching that's going to think this is a really weird answer. No, it's not. It's a, I think it's an appropriate answer. Right?
1: I've read Oakley's book, and it doesn't provide any new information about the murders. While it's certainly possible that Oakley killed Baker, remember that Detective Allen thought Sweeting might have killed both victims. Oakley's lawyer, Bruce Harvey, also pointed the finger at Sweeting.
2: Who did the actual killings? Sweeting, no doubt in my mind. I know that Sweeting had the serrated knife, and I think my cross-examination of the medical examiner talked about the ridges when you stab somebody, and. You can see ridge marks if the knife is serrated. You don't see much if there's no serration on the knife. It's a very clean cut. Anyhow, none of the knives were associated with Reginald at all. Anything that Reginald may have had wasn't the instrument that caused any injuries to anybody. In fact, he was the guy that was injured.
1: As a Raven listener, you know the world can be a dangerous and unpredictable place. With every case I've studied, I've learned one thing your best line of defense is your vigilance and preparation. That's why I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. You never know what's out there, which is why Simply Safe can help you establish a sense of control. I love Simply Safe because it is simple. The setup is fast and easy, and it protects your whole home. Sensors to detect break ins, fires, floods, and more. Simply Safe is backed by 24/7 professional monitoring for less than $1 a day. There are no contracts and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind. I want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/raven. That's simplysafe.com slash raven there's no safe like simply safe
4: do you ever wish you could become a detective and help find the clues to the case how about all of that in a mobile game that you can take anywhere in june's journey each scene leads to a new thrilling storyline uncover the mystery of june's sister's murder and find out about scandalous family secrets Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Sweeting
1: turned down our request for an interview, but I think it's almost certain that he killed Richard Lawler. And I believe there's a 50-50 chance that Sweeting also killed Jason Baker. But even if Sweeting was responsible for both of the stabbings, Oakley is still culpable. He started this whole thing. Remove Reginald Oakley from this story. Nobody dies, and that is how Party to the Crime should work. But Party to the Crime, in the case of Ray Lewis?
4: Was Ray involved in the fighting?
2: In my opinion, yes. I don't know if he was wrestling, or fighting, but I know he was right in the mix there with everybody else. Because his lawyer and his side have always kind of said, hey, he was trying to be the peacemaker in that situation. I didn't see that. When the police asked him what happened, he wouldn't, you know, come clean.
1: Lewis should not have been charged with murder, but I'm not sure if he's been entirely truthful when it comes to his actions. Lewis told Dan Patrick that his obstruction charge was for claiming that he didn't know the full names of everyone in his limo. But that's not entirely true.
3: I said, no, I do not know everybody's names in the limo. That's what I was found guilty of. That's the obstruction of justice? That's the obstruction of justice.
1: Lewis knew at least seven of the limo's patrons, but gave Lieutenant Mike Smith only two names. And both of those names were aliases. And then there's the question of the suit Lewis wore that night, which infamously disappeared.
4: But the white suit Ray Lewis was wearing that night has never been found. Prosecutors suspected it was stained in the victim's blood and that someone took the knives and suit and threw them all away.
1: Lewis withheld information and the suit if it had blood on it might have proved that Lewis was involved in the fight but the suit disappeared and police believed it was discarded by Lewis's date that evening Jessica Robertson Hello. Hi is Jessica there Yes this is she A few nights prior to the Super Bowl Lewis met Jessica at a party thrown by Magic Johnson According to another patron of Lewis's limo Jessica burned the only photo of the group from that night, a photo that allegedly showed Lewis wearing the cream-colored suit. The prosecution alleged that Jessica threw Lewis's suit in the dumpster of a fast food restaurant. Getting Jessica to talk would be a huge coup for our investigation. But after telling her about the project, I'm met with heavy skepticism.
3: So when you when you say you're trying to solve the case, what do you mean solve the
1: case? I thought it was already solved?
5: solved yeah
6: there were a lot of questions i don't know how did you follow the case closely i assume so
2: you said there was a lot of questions as far as what
1: i bring up what i believe are unanswered questions in this story and jessica meets them with a long pause she deflects and attempts to make me feel foolish for investigating a case that's already been resolved i would love to hear your story. Everybody's been quiet about this for a long time. Would love to hear your experience on that night.
2: Okay, well, give me a minute to think about, take everything in instead and I'll give you a call back.
1: I never reconnected with Jessica, but I think it's important to note that blood on Lewis's suit doesn't mean that there was blood on his hands.
6: But there's blood in the limo. Easy
3: when somebody get busted in the head with bottles.
1: The only thing that matters in this story is intent. Who started it? Reginald Oakley started the fight. Lieutenant Mike Smith started the circus. Lewis's missing suit could be evidence that he was in the fight. But Lieutenant Smith prematurely arresting Lewis and charging him with murder is the biggest reason the victim's families didn't receive justice. It's hard to put into words how misguided that decision was. And the more you talk with Smith, the more you understand the man who made that decision.
6: I mean, I testified during the trial because I, I mean, I arrested Ray Moore. As far as sitting and watching everything Paul did, they took the investigation. I didn't have any more responsibility for it, so I really didn't care.
1: Two murders in his city. Smith arrests Lewis, then stops caring. Hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people came to Atlanta for the Super Bowl. Smith had one detective on duty the morning after the game, one. He had junior crime scene techs on assignment. He wasn't ready to handle a homicide. And when Lewis was implicated, he wasn't ready to conduct a real investigation. So he threw handcuffs on Lewis, charged him with murder, and forced the linebacker to play defense. And when it came to playing defense, Lewis and his team did that quite well. If you were Lewis and facing a life sentence, if the cops didn't even let you tell your side of the story, what would you do? How far would you go to live the rest of your life outside of prison?
5: Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. I'm a good listener. They see
0: me as
1: innocuous or, you know. Look at this one. This is, I you. just got this one. Isn't that cute?
0: She looks so big already.
1: I oh, know. Not even two. I'm sitting with Ninning Moran, Deanna Moran's mother, at her kitchen table in Santa Monica. Deanna was my friend who was stabbed and killed in high school and sitting here brings back a lot of memories. Deanna's laugh, the tiny room she shared with her sister, taking shots at Bacardi for the first time, and how that ended. I'm proudly showing Ninning pictures of my daughter, which I do now every time I come over. Ninning doesn't have email and still has a flip phone. She would tell you she's old school. But I think not adapting to modern technology is how Ninning makes time stand still. The last day of Deanna's life was November 17th, 2001. And I know that part of Ninning is still there, reliving that day over and over again. I think you've always made a great effort to keep all of Deanna's friends close. Does that help keep her alive?
0: Well, I think I owe it to her friends, because they weren't as strong as her. A lot of them weren't as strong as her. I want them to think that I I pay attention. I want to know if they're okay, if you have children, and that I'm replacing her in a different way that I want to know about what they're doing, right?
1: I spent almost every weekend at Deanna's house before she died. I rarely went back after she was stabbed. It was too hard to process. Deanna's killer, Katrina Sarkissian, committed suicide the morning after killing Deanna. Two girls died for nothing, died over broken pots. To move on from Deanna, I had to run. I ran from everything, and I've gotten older and realized that I've never stopped running. The sprint that I've been on has brought me a lot of good things. But it's also meant that I can never stop to process what happened to Deanna.
0: And the time, it was foggy and dark, and she was backed up against a tree. She was backed up against a tree, and you can't do any, you can't just run away. And she wouldn't run away anyway, so... Her last statement was, I don't know if you know that, right? Do you know her last statement? Was, uh, just listen to my side of the story.
1: It feels good to be close to inning, to be close to Deanna, and remind myself over and over again, I don't have to run.
3: Sometimes you may find yourself in the wrong place simply at the wrong time. And you got a better chance to get yourself in trouble if you find yourself around the wrong crowd and in the wrong place at the wrong time. So maybe what I went through actually saved my life. How so? Because of how comfortable I was with just thinking I was just a normal Joe, And the harsh reality is I'm not.
1: Ray Lewis sat down with journalist Graham Benzinger a few years back and talked about his experience in Atlanta.
3: You know, because of the media outlets and all these different things that exposes us in a whole nother light. You can't do the normal things that you want to do, even if you thought you can get away with it. Do you question yourself? Absolutely. But when you find time about yourself, I spent 15 days in jail. God said, can you hear me now? So when you go through things like that, you have to be very careful, and my only cry or plea is the saddest thing in the world, in the world, is to be falsely accused,
1: that hurts. Lewis reached financial settlements with both of the victims' families. Benzinger asked him about those deals, and this was Lewis's response.
3: So when, when, when I got to that table, it was more of a release for me to even look into the family's eyes, man. <laughs> and say, take it for what it's worth. I was born to help. I'm the last person to hurt your child. Just know that from my heart. Deal with it how you gonna deal with it from now. Hate me can never speak to me a day, after, a day from this. But every one of them, but both families will tell you, I looked at them eye to eye, man to man, and told and woman and, and told them straight up, no, no, violence? Hell, no. Saw too much of it. Would I change anything? Absolutely not. Couldn't. Because now, I I got a glimpse of why I had to go through that.
1: Lewis said that he wouldn't change anything. It's offensive to the victims, but I don't think that's Lewis's intention.
3: I realize now that some things, some pains, you have to go through. Yeah. You can't go around. Yeah. You can't take a detour. Yeah. You got to go through it. And if I had to go through that to be sitting right here, then so be it.
1: I think Ray Lewis has been running from Atlanta for a long time. I don't think he ever stopped to realize how many people this affected. The victims, the victim's families, his friend, Dwayne Fassett, and his family, the cities of Atlanta and Akron. The blood on Lewis's hands isn't from Richard Lawler or Jason Baker. It's from everyone else who all these years later just want to hear Lewis tell the full story of what happened that night.
6: Handsome. Yo. How you doing? Uh, bless my. can I complain. How you
1: feeling, brother? Handsome and I stayed in touch after Akron. I called him regularly to give him updates on the project. Then one day, he stopped answering calls and texts. Please leave
4: your message for three three
1: zero. I tried everything to get a hold of him. I called, texted, and emailed every number I could find for Handsome and anyone in his immediate family. But I haven't been able to get a hold of him for months. The last time we spoke was shortly after I interviewed Clint Rucker.
6: Look, after talking with the DA, the same DAs, Paul Howard and Clint Rucker, same guys who were there in 2000, they've been there for 20 years. Paul, Paul Howard just lost this most recent election. I
1: told Hanson about the facet tape and explained to him that Paul Howard and Clint Rucker remained in office for over 20 years after the Super Bowl murders. Meaning if we tried to make this podcast anytime between 2000 and 2020, Clint Rucker would have not interviewed with us and the world would likely have never found out about Facet's original statement.
6: It's it, it, it's hard to talk about because it's such, I mean, this, this project and this, this revelation gives your family what it needs to understand what happened from a prosecutorial standpoint howard There's a series of simple steps that he needed to do to get the limo driver's audio testimony that tape introduced the jury and he somehow didn't do it right right because i think if this gets played the tape is the, over with yeah i mean yeah. it's done deal this is the key this is the eye key witness the limo driver he know these people he's a personal limo driver so he can't get nothing mistaken he's not drunk he's the only person in this situation that is not drunk you yep. know what i'm saying he is the key a1 witness whatever he says tick you know what i'm saying so for him yeah, to say he's... something like that the case is done they don't even need no more evidence for real for real shit.
1: i don't know if handsome's right if Fassett's original statement would have made this a slam-dunk case for the prosecution. But I know that it felt good to get Handsome some answers. And I hope that this is just the beginning. I hope Lewis will hear this and agree that it's finally time to tell his story, to tell the world about that tragic night in Atlanta from beginning to end.
6: Yeah, I hope Richard's looking down right now, smiling. Oh, for sure, man. You know he is, man. What's the odds of that? Everything just coming and playing so perfect. Like, that's crazy.
4: The Raven is a
1: production of Tenderfoot TV and Journeyman, in association with Odyssey. Donald Albright and Payne Lindsay are executive producers on behalf of Tenderfoot TV. I'm the executive producer on behalf of Journeyman. Alex Bespisted is our lead producer and editor on behalf of Tenderfoot Labs. Patty Cotter is our producer. Tracy Kaplan is our supervising producer. Paul Coucheri and Sydney Evans are associate producers. Original music is by Makeup and Vanity Set. Sound design, mixing and mastering by Cooper Skinner and Dayton Cole. Cover design and illustration by Mr. Soul. Trial archival provided by Court TV. Special thanks to Orrin Rosenbaum and Grace Royer at UTA. Beck Media and Marketing, The Nord Group, Ninning Moran, and the Moran Family. Russell Rathner, Alyssa Gozarka, James Yu, and Todd Baines. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. For more podcasts like The Raven, search Tenderfoot TV on your favorite podcast app or visit tenderfoot.tv. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Raven. If you want to listen to next week's episode right now, subscribe to Tenderfoot Plus for early access. Tenderfoot
4: Plus is available on Apple Podcasts or tenderfootplus.com.